some of you know, many of you uh, probably don't, that Maury Wall went home to be with the Lord on Friday, uh, Friday evening. Um, a number of you know Maury. Those of you who don't, you've missed something. Because uh, uh, quite a guy. Um, there will be a uh, visitation here on Friday from 5 to 7. Uh, the family's not actually having a service, but they are going to have a visitation. And uh, like I say, even if you didn't know him, Maury, Maury, Maury served. Maury worked. He really did. A uh, special person. Uh, his wife, Ann, is also a very special person. And come by and give her a hug uh, if you can during that time. All right, new series this week. Yeah, let's... Uh, Let's see what passage we're memorizing this time. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll use the same one each time, but would you stand with me and let's, let's read together. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life and for the power that are in your word. I thank you for your presence here. I pray that you would speak to each one of us today, that you would lead us in the paths of life, and that we would be willing to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So this, uh, this series is called A Better Life. And the title of this series uh, seems like one of those, you are great. You deserve it. You, uh, you can do it uh, series that are so popular these days. Uh, it is not one of those. Um, there is a reason why those series are so popular, though. Uh, and, and the reason, uh, actually, Paul wrote to Timothy and, and, and prophesied. He, 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 he preceded it. He said it's going to come. He said the time will come when people won't put up with sound doctrine anymore. Uh, instead, they're going to gather a bunch of teachers around them to say what their itching ears want to hear. And what their itching ears want to hear, even, even, even more than the kind of stuff that we just sort of, is, you are great. You can do it. You deserve it. You know, that's, that's kind of what it is. And I, I, I understand we, we live in a culture uh, that is, that is soul-sucking, soul-stealing, that just kind of drains the life out of people. And, and I understand the desire to hear no, no, you're you're great. You can do it. Uh, you deserve it. So it's uh, it's 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 seems like what they need, but it's not what we need. To be very honest, uh, we'll be covering some very uh, practical areas of life and how. In fact, I was initially going to call the series uh, "Practical Living," but uh, we couldn't get a good logo for "Practical Living." And uh, so that's, that's why it's a better life. And uh, uh, there's a, uh, a big blank space out there where we normally have a, um, a big thing for the, for the series. Uh, that's not really Barbie's fault because 
the, the company that we ordered it from messed up. Who knew that companies do that occasionally? It will be out there next week, and, and if it's not, it's not my fault. It is Barbie's fault <laughs> at that point in time. Uh, just just, just kind of letting you know uh, where, the, where the responsibility lies. Uh, But uh, we're going we're to cover some very practical areas in life and how a believer should approach them from the standpoint not of an entrepreneur, not of an investor, not, a, not of a, a consumer. What a dehumanizing idea, consumer. But from the standpoint of a disciple. There's a big difference. And the way you approach things does matter. Uh, many have no idea what a better life looks like. What, what does a better life look like? Is it bigger house? Yeah. How many of you know that a big house is harder to clean than a small house? Yeah. And how many of you know that it's nicer to live in a clean house than a dirty house? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, a big house, there's nothing wrong with a big house, but it might not necessarily lead to a better life. Uh, a newer car. How many of you know that when your new car gets its first scratch, you are not happy? Yeah. I had a guy come up to me after service last week. He was talking about he'd gotten a new car and it already had a scratch on it. You know, and you kind of, it's kind of like, my car has a scratch on it. I have a truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen my truck. It's also fondly known as a trash hauler. And when it gets a scratch on it, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's doing its job. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, new car doesn't necessarily lead to uh, a, a better life. Um, how about peace? A little peace. Some of you are old enough to remember uh, the Beatles' White Album and John Lennon screaming out, I'll give you everything I got for a little peace of mind. Because if you don't have peace of mind, it would be worth everything else you've got to have some. How about joy? You know, joy isn't isn't dependent on, on, on stuff. You kind of go, well, I felt happy when I got the new car. Yeah, until the scratch came. <laughs> and then six months later, it wasn't a new car anymore. How about love? Oh, yes, love. Now, that's a better life. Oh. I had... Uh, I've had, I still occasionally have people ask me, how are you doing? And, it, and it's not a, how you doing? It's how are you doing? You know, which is, which is different. And, uh, and I'm, doing, I'm doing well. I really am doing well. And, and I've, I've told a couple of people lately, uh, I'm doing well mainly because I have so many people around me who, who love me, but even more importantly, I have so many people around me that I love. That makes for a better life. The hindrance to having a better life. Now, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't select any of the songs this morning, but the Holy Ghost did. The hindrance 
to most people, having a better life uh, isn't, isn't needing a better job or better toys or, or, uh, or even a better education, but it's having a better foundation. Having a better foundation. You can add all of the bells and whistles, but if the foundation is rotten, then it just doesn't matter. It, it's going to fall apart and it's not going to be pretty before long. The foundation going into any teaching about a better life. I will build my life upon your love. You are a firm foundation. The foundation about any teaching going into a series about a better life would be first of all to answer, answer this question. Whose life is it? Whose life is it? I mean, if you, if you don't have that one settled, then... You're just spinning your wheels. And it, it could be a trick question. It kind of looks like uh, on, on the surface, it's a very obvious uh, answer. Uh, you scratch below the surface, you can find a lot of, a lot of nuance there. Uh, but let's just, let's, just, let's just bring it up front. It's your life. It is your life, and you can do whatever you want to with it. You absolutely can. Now, there are, there are some things that mitigate against that, that, that tend to make us think, maybe, that it's, that it's not our life. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes one of those things is family. Um, children need to be taught. Children need to be taught. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. You do say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Don't you? Yes, <laughs> Yeah, well-raised young man. Uh, uh, you, you do say please. You do say thank you. you. You know, you are polite. You do respect people. I mean, children need to be taught those things. They aren't born knowing those things. The only thing children are born knowing is me, 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 me. Yeah. And unless they're taught otherwise, that's all they're ever going to know. Uh, but many people have trouble with that transition especially family dynamics, have trouble with that transition from childhood to adulthood sometimes. You know, and, and oftentimes it's on, the, it's, it's, on the, it's on the parent side. Oh, he will always be, you'll always be my little Billy. You know, your little Billy is six foot four and he's 48 years old. <laughs> you know, and, and he can be your little Billy, but he is a man. He's a man. You know, and sometimes it's little Billy who has the issue. You know, sometimes he's got, oh, my mommy, you know, she's your mommy, but you are a man. Get over it. You know, get, get into it. You know, this is, there's this, there's this dynamic. And, and if that doesn't happen, then an unhealthy bond forms. And sometimes it feeds off each other. If it doesn't happen, an unhealthy bond forms that can cause great conflict and confusion. In a person's life, I remember when Isaac was—he uh, was our firstborn. I remember when he was a baby, and I used to—and and I remember telling Margaret one time, I said, "I can't wait till he can talk. I want to know what he's thinking." And she said, "I know what he's thinking. Feed me, feed me, feed me. That's what he's thinking." Uh, but as as you know, as he got older, and say, uh, there came a time when I went, "I can't wait till he's grown, and we can have a relationship as." Friends, as adults, you know, not just daddy and and, and little boy. Uh, 
So anyway, family sometimes uh, brings confusion about whose life it is. Society uh, can bring confusion about whose life it is. Uh, in our country and, and, and some, in some other countries even now, uh, there was a time when, uh, when we actually institutionalized slavery. And if ever there was an evil uh, life-draining satanic institution, that's it. You know, and some people go, well, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible because it's in the world. That's why it was in the Bible. God didn't create that because what, what slavery does is it, uh, is it pretends that a person doesn't have the right to their life. That's what it does. And God doesn't roll that way. That's not how God operates. Today, social pressures uh, tend to make us feel that we don't have choices. But we do. You know, social pressures tend to make us feel, well, you know, I have to think this way. I have to go to this place. I have to wear these clothes. I have to vote this way. I have to do, I have to, I have to, have to fit in. No, you don't. It's your life. It's your life. You, you get to make choices about your life. And, and then uh, just one more, um, relationships. Uh, some people are in relationships where one controls the other. That's an unhealthy situation. Very unhealthy situation. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, a parent and a three-year-old. If you have a three-year-old, control them. But I'm talking about, you know, adult relationships uh, or, or adolescent relationships where one controls the other. And they're unhealthy. I'm not going to spend any time on that today because we're going to spend one Sunday talking about specifically about relationships. But it's your life, and with that life comes responsibility. You ever had a pet? Anybody ever given you a pet? A puppy. Oh my goodness, they're so cute. They're so cuddly. They eat. Someone has to feed them. Someone has to take care of what happens after animals eat. You know, and and uh, and you probably if you're if you have if you have children and your children have ever wanted an, an animal, they've ever wanted a pet, you probably realize that they want the pet. They don't want to take care of it. If somebody were to to give you a new car, uh, there's responsibility that comes with that. And let me just say. You know, a car like that, teenagers aren't responsible enough for something like that. So if you're going to give a car like that to, to your teenager, uh, for their sake, for their safety, don't. Give it to an older person like me. Uh, <laughs> you know, or just some older person. You know, who's going to be responsible enough for it. A, a house, you know, a, with a house comes responsibility. I remember when Margaret and I bought our first house, there was this uh, man in the church. He was, he was one of the elders, and he was also a contractor, and he built big houses, and he came to me, and he said, it's always something. 
It never, it never ends. Once you get a house, it's always something. And, uh, and I remember thinking at the time, well, I've got a, I'm, you know, I've got a list. I'll, I'll get this list finished. Well, it's been 40 years, and it's always something. I still have a list. In fact, my list may be longer now than it was when Bill King talked to me on that day. But all of these things put together don't equal the responsibility of having a child. Yeah. I mean, children are a gift from the Lord. They are real responsibility. You no more sleep. You, you, get to, you get to feed them. You get to take care of what happens after you feed them. And you get to be concerned about them. But all of these things put together are only a portion. The sum total of them does not equal the gift that you've been given in your life. Because they're just parts of it. They're just parts of it. Trying to keep it all for yourself, your life, is a bad idea. It, 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 needs, to be, it needs to be invested. It, it does need to be, to be spent. And so you have to make choices to do that, because if you don't, the choices that are made for you will be bad ones. And you can't put your choices off on somebody else. We like to do that. We love to do that. One of my favorite vignettes in the Bible is the story of Aaron and the golden calf. And it's not because that's a nice story that is warm and fuzzy. No, it is because of the sheer idiocy of humanity that comes out in that story. Because you see, uh, Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting, getting the law, and, and things had gotten out of hand, and he comes down, and there's a, just wildness going on, and they're worshiping this golden calf and doing all kinds of stuff. And he comes to Aaron and he says, what happened? You were in charge. What happened? How, how did this come about? And Aaron, bless his heart. You know, <laughs> don't be angry, my Lord. You know these people. I mean, they, they said to me, uh, make us gods to go before us, because uh, this man Moses, we don't even know what we don't even know where he is right now. We don't know what's happening with him. And all I said was, "If you're wearing gold, take it off." And then they gave it to me, and I didn't know what to do. So I threw it in the fire, and out came this calf. <laughs> he said that with a straight face, and he was a grown man. And Moses didn't smite him, which he probably should have at that point in time. You know how they are. If it weren't for they, the world would be a wonderful place. If it weren't for they, I, I, would, I would always do, do well. I would always do right. I didn't really do anything wrong. I, I just... I, by not standing up and, and speaking for the right and trying to prevent wrong. I didn't do anything wrong by abdicating my position as a leader, as a decision maker. I don't really know how this happened. 
How did I end up here? How did I get to this place in my life? And he comes by it honestly. We, we come by it honestly. I mean, back in the very beginning in, in the Garden of Eden, you know, God, God came down and he, and he asked Adam, did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? That sounds like a yes or no question. But the answer ended up being, this woman you gave me gave me to eat from the tree, and, and, uh, and, I, and I ate it. And some people would say that men have been blaming women for everything ever since. But it's even worse, because he wasn't blaming Eve. He was blaming God. This woman you gave me. And we have been blaming God for everything ever since. Left to our own devices, we are very prone to, me- to mess up. It-, it-, it says over in Proverbs 14, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it, it leads to death. Before I came to the Lord, I was doing what I, what I wanted to do. What I, what I thought that I wanted to do. And, and, and in fact, it was what I wanted to do. Uh, but not doing what the real me wanted to do, which was live, live. I thought I was living, and really all I was doing was getting number to the things around me, rather than coming to life and actually living and being made more alive to the things going on around me, the people around me. Some, some, some people mess up with drugs. Some people mess up with crime. Some people mess up with immorality. But not all mess-ups are so obvious. I've mentioned this uh, parable a couple of times here lately, but over, over in Luke 12, there's a, there was a, a, a person that God called a fool, uh, a rich man. He had uh, in fact, he had so much stuff that he didn't know what to do with it. And he thought, I, I know what I'll do. I'll rent more storage units. I'll get a bigger house. I'll build bigger barns. God said, you fool. Your soul is required of you this night. Now, who's going to get this now? See, there's danger in anything that takes the place of God in our lives, whether it's drugs and immorality or whether it's our bank account or our pride. And one of the reasons is, well, it is my life, but there's someone who has a greater claim to it than I do. It is your life, but there's someone who has a greater claim to it than you do, and that's the one who, who gave it. One who gave it to you, the one, the one, who, one who gave it to me. We, we read the, the verse, when you send your spirit, they are created. We, we think of life starting at conception, and, and that is the start of biological life. Uh, but biology is simply the context through which we, we, we understand and process life on this plane. I don't really know when life... It, it, it's when He sends His Spirit. That's when life comes. 
That's when it actually starts. Life starts with the Spirit of God. You know, we could know everything there is to know about biology and about physics and, and math and, and, and ecology and all, that, all, all of that stuff, and we would only make a small dent in everything there is to know. Even though we understand the physical universe. This, this body is it's not something you can keep. You know that, right? We, we, we can't really even change it all that much. Jesus said, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Well, let me just also say, you can't add a single hour to your life by not worrying. Or by what you eat. <laughs> you know, those days have been numbered. Those hours have been... Uh, it was you, right, Barbie, who, who, was, who was teaching that the other day. And I was talking to Barbie this morning, and, uh, you know, and she was, uh, and we were, you know, we were talking about Margaret, and we were talking about that, and talking about the fact that I said, well, half the people in the world will experience this. And, uh, and, uh, and, I, I, and I mentioned this at an elders meeting the other night. I said, half of you will experience this. Well, Hal and Barbie were the only two who were there who were a couple. And I said, and Hal and Barbie can just, you know, they can fight over it. You know, who, who's going to go first, uh, flip a coin. And, uh, you know, and Barbie said, well, really, it's kind of settled because I'm, I have the confidence of knowing God's got it. And he already knows. He already knows. You can't really change the color of your hair. You can only change the color of your hair dye but not the color of your hair. You can lose weight, you can muscle up, you can, you can do whatever you want to, but ultimately all of our bodies are going to end up looking the same. <laughs> Bones. I couldn't keep Margaret. I remember uh, the day she passed going to her parents to tell them. You know, it's not the kind of thing you do on the phone. And her dad just turned uh, just turned ninety, and her mom uh, eighty nine. And I and I I remember saying to them, "I'm sorry, I I couldn't I couldn't keep her. I couldn't I couldn't protect her. Yeah. And and you can't, you can't you can't you can't keep yourself. But fortunately." We are more than our house. We are more than... Peter calls this, our true self is more than this. Peter calls this the tent of our bodies. He doesn't even call it a house. He calls it a tent. This is our RV that we are trekking around the world in until it's time to actually go home. And that's just words when you're, when you're young and, and maybe you haven't lost someone near. But when the end draws nigh, you begin to realize that person is not just this body. Not, not just this at all. We know we were created for something more. We know we were created for, for, for something beyond you know, watching commercials on TV or, or even, you know, something beyond 
building a table. I mean, you know, even, even something useful. We know that we were. In the life to come, that something more is called eternal life. Jesus said a strange thing. A lot of you know, Jesus said a number of strange things, but, but he said something that was really, really odd. A lot of you know this passage, but I don't know if you really stopped to kind of go, what? Say what? Uh, and it was this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What? Death is, he's talking about physical, he's talking about leaving the, the RV. That's what he's talking about. Death is separation. That's, that's what it is. And when someone leaves this plane and goes to the next, there's separation. We're, we're separated from them. I mean, there's, a, there's still a, a spiritual connection, but, but we're separated. And, you know, and I know some people believe that, oh, yeah, you can talk to the dead or whatever. No, you can be deceived. Uh, you know, if they actually contact anything, that's familiar spirits. But, but there's, there's separation there. I, uh, this last week, I, I played golf. Did well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I like to do that. I was playing golf, and my cousin was playing with me, and, uh, and, and he's one of those who, you know, would, would ask, how are you doing? You know, and I said, you know what? I, I really enjoy playing golf, but there's one thing that really makes me sad. And it is, you know, I leave, I take, I take my cell phone, I put it in the, in the cart there and leave it there since I'm, I'm not going to walk. I'm going to ride in the cart, but I leave it there. And I said, one thing really makes me sad when I play golf. And it is that when this is over, no matter how many messages are on that phone, none of them are ever going to be from Margaret again. Yeah. Uh, death is separation. It is. But it's only temporary. This kind of separation. The real death, what the Bible calls the second death, is separation from the one who gave you life. Separation from God. And Jesus is saying, that ain't going to happen. If you believe in me, that's not going to happen. If you'll put your life in my hands, that's not going to happen. And eternal life has already started. That's kind of the definition of eternity, okay? It does, it's not just out that way. It's this way as well. And, and this is the verse I want you to take with you. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Wow. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. That's where your true self is. You want a better life? That's where your true self is. I thought I was being my true self when I was running from Christ. But only after coming to Christ did I find my true self. I, after coming to Christ, it was kind of like, whoa. It, it was like waking up from a bad dream, really. Uh, and, and things that I, that I thought... You know, well, that would be nice, but that ain't never going to happen. Started happening. Yeah. Things, that, things that temporarily were there, and I'd kind of catch glimpses of them and go, well, this is so cool. You know, when I came to Christ, no, this is now my life. It's not just something that's here and it's going to go away. So this is the goal. It's my life. I can do with it what I want. 
It's only found in Him. Whose life is it? Well, it's, it's yours. You can do with it what you want. But one other thing Jesus said. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life, whoever gives it to Him, will keep it for eternal life. It's a nice exchange. Better life. We're going to talk about some nuts and bolts later on. This is the foundation.